Hi, everyone. Welcome to NOM, NOM Watch Review, part of NOM Talk Network. On the show, we review the latest film drops or throwback celebrating a milestone while eating and drinking our favorite movie snacks or drinks. Um, new announcement that we have. We have merch now, guys. Um, so you can find that on our shop on Twitch in about section or get the link by typing... Um, merge into the chat note that sus subscribers to our twitch channel get discounts uh but i am your host eric ramirez and right now i am enjoying a lovely ipa because this week has been a week and i'm also eating some sour patch kids mm -hmm. because i am a candy addict and that's what i choose to do <laughs> but uh, I want to introduce you to our guests, and thank you guys for being here, Ren and Kyle. Um, Ren, go ahead and introduce yourself. This is the first time that I've uh, got to do anything with you, so introduce yourself to everybody out there. Hi, my name is Ren. I'm a content creator online, but on my free time, I'm a freelance artist slash illustrator, but for the most part, I'm making content on Instagram where I talk about education, but through like my personal lifestyle content perspective. As someone who is Korean Peruvian from the deep south, who is also queer and non-binary, and then just the intersectionalities that is. So it's really fun and interesting. And I try to share and hope that it helps people. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That is quite like a mix of things. And I definitely am gonna start following your content now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's incredible. That's wonderful. That's incredible. Um, but thank you, thank you so much for being here. And Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody out there. Hi, everybody. My name's Kyle. I've been, uh, I don't know, I'm not, it, it's, that's a tough act to follow. I got nothing cool for me. I got, um, oh, you're um, plenty cool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I, I have many cool things. For number one, I'm hanging out with very cool people. That makes me cool by proxy. Hey. So. Yeah, yes, let's go. Um, no, my name is Kyle, uh, internet content creator as well, um, Hollywood uh, blogger and film blogger, um, and today's food and drink of choice is my uh, official Disney 100 years of anniversary Ooh. cast member water bottle, and uh, a pint of ice cream, because Eric, it has been a week, and I am, yeah, right there with you, buddy. See, and when we started 2024, I didn't think it would be bad, but here we are. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being here. Um, before we start diving into this movie, uh, I do want to let you guys know that we are back fundraising for the Trevor Project. Um, our goal is $200 for the LGBT, uh, LGBTQIA plus history month. We are at 32% of our goal. Uh, so show any support that you can, tell your friends, it, it would be great to help them out. It's a great cause. Um, but now going on today's show, we are talking about the 2004 Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, as you can see with all the things behind me right now. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, 20 years. It's I, It doesn't even seem that long. But before we start, I want to... Uh, get your guys's popcorn rating when you first like what you think about it and like when you first saw it what did you think about it uh we'll start with you on this one kyle 
So I was a junior in high school, so this was the pivotal, pivotal millennial moment. And Lindsay Lohan was one of those people that you grew up with. You knew what she was doing. You went from Parent Trap to Herbie the Love Bug. So I, I was interested in this. Um, I was not this film's target audience, but I was dragged with a couple of friends. And then I revisited it because I saw a YouTuber uh, do a review of it that made me laugh. But at the time, I think my popcorn rating would have been a two. Now that I'm older and I've looked back on it, it, it's at a four and I will tell you why. Number one, it's a really creative, interesting concept. It is ba it's based on a book, isn't it? I think it's based on a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's based on a book. Um, and so I really, I like the, some of the stuff was just, there's some really funny lines in it, but the biggest, the biggest, the funny lines, the book, the costumes brought it up to a three. What brought it up to the four was Simple Plan and the soundtrack. <laughs> Because the one track teenage drama queen and uh, simple plan lyrics were just um, just hit different to junior high junior me in high school. So yeah, uh, four popcorn buckets. Oh yeah, no. My whole uh, rant. And it's funny that you said that you were not the target audience um, because, like, doing this and like researching, their target target audience was like nine year olds to eleven year olds. What? Yeah. And that was not the audience who actually went and saw it. Um, we were the audience who went and saw it. That's really <laughs> so weird. It really drove with them because if you think about it, Lindsay Lohan was kind of in her heyday in this time. She had done Freaky Friday. She had done this. And then after this, she did Mean Girls. So it was just like, if Lindsay Lohan was there, our generation was kind of following her and watching the stuff that she did. Um, but I will go to my popcorn rating next. I gave it a 3.5. Um, I've watched it several times this week, uh, mainly for the soundtrack, because I, you could just put it on and just listen to it, and it's great. Um, I did have some issues with, like, pacing. The so storyline kind of seemed disjointed to me. That's why I got so low. But what brought it back up for me was Lindsay Lohan's costuming, because she had a look for everything, and it was just so precise and pristine and fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's why I had to give it a 3.5. Uh, Ren, what was your popcorn rating? So my popcorn rating was a solid three because for me, I've never seen this movie before. Like I watched it legit this week and it's been my first time because I remember watching a couple of Lindsay Lohan movies when I was young, but I don't think my parents really let me watch a lot of movies in general as I got a little bit older. Um, and I think once like teenage me got to a certain age my parents were just like just focus on books um mm -hmm. so not a lot of movies for me so especially when it comes to like american culture movies for me my family was very much focused on like foreign films but um so lizzie lohan i knew about her but i didn't really watch a lot of the movies that she was in until more recently and this is definitely one that i watched this week and i was like oh wow this is very much reminiscent of the early 2000s so definitely points for nostalgia points for the costumes very much the music as well because like I recognize some of the music um I think for me there is yeah I would have to say like the story was not as it did not flow as well and there were a lot of moments where we're like I don't remember how how did there was love involved I <laughs> didn't really get a lot of that nuance there um so there was a lot of moments where I was like I don't I don't understand how that happened or where this came from and 
why, but it's cute. I like it. It's a little like cute little campy movie. And the friendship aspect of it was very sweet. So points for that. Yes, yes. No, I totally agree with you. That friendship aspect was something in the early 2000s that you didn't quite see a lot. There was typically like that close friendship and then they like break apart and have a big fight and not never talk again and then come back yeah. again. This was, was kind of a thorough thing, which I did do appreciate. Um, but let's get into it, guys. So brief synopsis of the movie. Um, it says that Mary Elizabeth Sepp, or Lola, played by Lindsay Lohan, is an uh, ambitious teen girl who goes by the name of Lola and, and aspired to be famous stage actress. Lola's dream is to perform a bro on Broadway, suffers a sex setback when her family moves to New York City to a suburb in New Jersey. Determined to make it, uh, make the best of it, however, Lola embarks on a mission to become the most popular girl in her high school, a goal that sets her on a collision course with the caddy Carla Santini, played by Megan Fox, which, fun fact, this was her first movie and her debut to us. So in this movie, like you see New York and her overdramatizing her move to New Jersey, because, I mean... Sorry for all my Jersey folks out there, but nobody wants to live in Jersey. Uh, <laughs> um, so she goes to New Jersey. She gets into this high school, and um, she meets her now best friend, Ella. They both love a band called Sid Arthur. Uh, they think that his their songs are the best since Shakespeare, everything like that. Then Lola goes through her trials and tribulations through school, not wanting to be the popular girl because she's kind of a nice person. Um and so she becomes friends with Ella. She meets a boy, um, and they kind of have sparks. She finds out that Sid Arthur is breaking up, and it's the worst thing that she ever heard in her life, and they must go see this last show that's happening in New York. So their plans go to that. But also in this, she is auditioning and gets the lead role um, as Eliza in an updated version of Pygmalion, which is going to be a rock opera. So she's going through rehearsals for that, also trying to go to New York to go see Sid Arthur, which there's this whole train debacle where they're getting ready, they can't get scalper tickets, they lose their money, they end up at a party with Sid Arthur and have a joyous time, get back, uh, Megan Fox calls them a liar that she wasn't there, and then they go through the play and it turns out to be wonderful, huge success, they go to an after party, lead singer of Sid Arthur comes and gives her her necklace back and Megan Fox's character Carla is proved to be like this liar and then joy beyond joys they just go on with life um we'll start with you on this Ren because it's your first time seeing the movie what did you think about the movie the plot line of this film I think the general idea of the plot was very much like you can be your own superstar wherever you go it doesn't have to be necessarily like New York. And then also, I think it also comes down to like, you don't need the validation of other people to like tell you who you are, what you've done and what you have experienced. So there's that. I think that's like the message that I got from it. Um, the actual plot itself was a little all over the place because I felt like there was multiple storylines that I think were parallel to each other um like obviously this the play that she's in she's playing this character that has to like kind of fake 
or like go through these like trials and tribulations of developing as a person like Eliza Doolittle and then she herself in real life is going through these her own trials and tribulations of going through high school and then trying to go to this concert and meet Sid Arthur and yeah. at the same time developing lies into her character which is interesting um so there's a lot of layers there but then there's moments where I'm also kind of like shocked not shocked kind of like sidetracked because of the the romance aspect at the end but other than that I think um the plot itself was fine so there was there's layers to it which I enjoyed um but I feel like it just wasn't executed as well as it could have been mm -hmm. no I completely agree with you because like I said that is a lot of the issue that I have with the movie there was so many ideas of the concert the play her trying to figure out high school and then this random love that happened like they fulfill at the end but there's kind of no build-up to it mm. um <laughs> plus her pathological lying through the film which is kind of touched base on when they're in the police station but then everything Not is fine really. yeah. uh, but watching it as much as i have this week just purely based off the soundtrack. Um, I realized this is very reminiscent of early 2000 Disney films, is they just kind of threw everything in there, which is like, we're going to give you a little bit of everything and you're going to enjoy it because you're just going to enjoy it. So this is very reminiscent of that. Um, and it, for me to see Lindsay Lohan, because I had obviously watched The Parent Trap and all of those, to see her in this role and then jump to her next role, which is Mean Girls, was this... Uh, very different like this was a for me very mean girls-esque without the grit and the adult content it started off being like that and then mean girls were filled that for her which was very looking back on it i'm just like oh wow that that was very interesting but it's disney um but kyle what did you think about this film there's something to be said, there's something to be said about films in their early 2000s that focus on feminine liberation and it, it always follows a certain pattern there's always a cisgendered possibly a uh, white female who moves to the suburbs and has and has a a strict adventure about you know the trials and tribulations of high school what what made this different for me also i'm so distracted by that poster because all it's doing is giving me taylor Eris tour and i'm just like this is um... <laughs> this is taylor before taylor this is Taylor before Taylor, but see that's and that's just it. It's that it's such a it's such an archetype. So to, so I wasn't necessarily surprised by the layers. I mean, I was very conditioned to look for them. They weren't my thing. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really I wasn't really particularly interested in the love aspect. I was I, I really enjoyed some of the lines. Watching going back. I'll say I'll say that because I've got some thoughts watching it because I when I saw it as, as a, like when I saw it when I was younger and then saw it recently I've got some thoughts about how it changed the story a little bit for me but as far as the plot goes I mean it, it was fine it was it was something that you're conditioned to like there's a whole scene in the film with the Domino's pizza it's it's Domino's you order it when you're hungry you eat it then you throw the box out and you're like I've, I've had food you know I ate piece was it particularly satisfying for some people sure domino's is a 
transformative experience because they really enjoy Domino's. I like Domino's a lot, but you know, um, it's not something I regularly need to consume. Is this because I had Domino's today? Probably, probably. But uh, no, this this is the this was the Domino's of films. It was well done, well packaged, uh, tastes good for the moment, but I wouldn't eat it all the time. So what I'm hearing you say is this is the cheap version of Mean Girls. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's so excited about Mean Girls. I am. I'm super excited. Once I found that out today, I was just like, I have to talk about it. And that's apparently all I'm talking about. But anyway, back to the movie we're talking about. Um, so yeah, no, I, I get what you guys are saying. Like, it is what it is. It was early 2000s. It's what Disney gave us. Look at Freaky Friday. Look at um, what's called um, the Hillary Duff movie. Like it, yeah. it gave us. That's what they did. This is they had a blueprint. This is what they gave us, and we all enjoyed it and ate it up. Um, but moving on from that, what did you guys think of like the directing of this film and like the cinematography of it? Because this is actually where I actually came up in my popcorn rating. Because I did like how they shot it. I loved the dream sequences that they would kind of do with her. Um, I just thought, like, the running scenario in the hallway between her and Megan Fox and the concert and the party and everything like that was very well done, very well shot. And they knew what they were doing when they were doing it. Not just like, okay, we have to do this. We have the outline of it. But they actually took the time to do it, which I really appreciated from this film. Um, what did you think about that, Kyle? I think it's a lot cleaner. I mean, I made, okay, so I made the, the comparison to Domino's. I choose Domino's instead of, say, Little Caesars or, you know, Pizza Hut. Because for me, it's a higher, I don't know why I'm so sorry I keep comparing this film to pizza. Um, well, at the time, at the time, to be fair, Domino's was the lesser than Little Caesars and Pizza Hut. Now right. it has up, so you are enjoying it a lot more, and that's what you choose. This is the metaphor that Eric was talking about. Much like his, it, it raised the level. I see where he went with this. It's brilliant. But no, um, it was a lot better than 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 what I had initially expected um, back then. And it, it, when you compare it to Freaky Friday, which I also watched, and when you compare it to um, a lot of those other 2000s, like I said, cisgendered, vaguely heterosexual white girl who lives in the suburbs, does you know consumes high school drama no and very squeaky clean always has a message always says this this felt a lot this was a, a lot more attention was paid to how it was filmed so i liked it i liked um i liked the sound design the sound design and also um like just it, it just felt very 2000s and every because every kid had every kid had those little notebooks where you scribbled in like 500 different pens and you doodled and you know so it was it was very nostalgic uh and you did feel kind of seen by that you did feel kind of seen by that even if i really wasn't this film's target audience but it's um yeah it was clean it was clean and it's a lot a lot better done cinematography wise and everything than a lot of the other films at the time so yeah no, and you mentioning uh, nostalgia and everything for us now that we're older and we watch and it's like that it gives us the early 2000s. Like they mentioned, she, Megan uh, Fox has to mention at one point that on my cell phone, my dad called me, which we don't mention now because everybody has a cell phone. Yeah, but it's exactly. like those little things of nostalgia that I think they were, because like I said, their target, target audience was 9 to 11. 
didn't intend to pull the people who were older than that who were watching this into that. But it still gave us nostalgia things because we were all in in abouts around the high school era. And so, like, it just pulled us into that nostalgia era, which I I do love this film for that. Um, But when, what do you think about um, this, uh, the cinematography and everything? I personally really, again, like, when you mentioned the dream sequences or, like, whenever she would, like, go into um, storytelling mode, I really love the way they would film that. Um, because it felt very cartoony, kind of scrapbooky, also. Um, mm-hmm. So I love the way they would do that. That was just really fun. It kind of gives you like an insight of her mind and how it translates really well also into her outfit decisions. I don't know why that was, but I thought that was really great. Um, and for me, that that was brilliant for me. I really love that. Um, when you mentioned the running scene, my the whole time I'm thinking I. I could never, my, I would cry <laughs> just falling over in heels every time, like kudos to them or their stunts. I don't, I don't know who did that, but like a lot of those scenes where they were running over each other, tripping each other, like that was, it was a fun classic trope of like just enemies trying to get in each other's way. So I really enjoyed that one as well. Um, and I think one of the scenes that I really enjoyed also was obviously the beginning just it's so dramatized it's so <laughs> she's like i'm moving mother <laughs> oh like, mom you forgot this. thank you for letting me live in new york by myself i'm like nobody's gonna let uh live in new york by herself no. please <laughs> but i just love the way it was like so dramatic and then you get the cut to just them in the car and it's just like a normal family and so I really enjoyed that. There were a lot of moments where it's just so dramatic. And I think that fits her so well. So that for me was my favorite part of like the filming or the direction of why, why they went that way. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And sorry, was distracted. And that's going to be another that's question fine. here soon. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, all of the, everything that you were talking about, like the, the hallway scene and everything like that. I think it was them doing it. Um, I believe it was them doing that. Yes, them. <laughs> That's a feat. That is an absolute right? feat. I am um, not. No. <laughs> right, running, running in hill. I mean, granted, they were both on like platform hills, and I trust me, platform hills are way easier to run in than like yeah, stilettos. Right. I've done it. I've been there. I'm an. I'm an actor. Like, but gravity, though. <laughs> <laughs> But oh my god! No, and like so, we'll talk about this before because I'm about to get into casting. But speaking of that, I do appreciate that because this is kind of like mid Lindsay's career before she had like her falling out later on in life and everything like that. This is the start of Megan Fox's career. Um, What I appreciate about, especially with like that running scene, is because you see them and they're so committed to it so committed to the falls and everything like that. And I was just actually talking to my partner about this. It's like Megan Fox, this being her first film and like with what she was in with like the skirt and the everything and wanted to be pristine, she would fall and there's a part uh, when they're running on the like wet floor where it's mopped to where she falls and she takes time to kind of stop and like adjust herself. Adjust before the skirt, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that proves to you that Megan Fox took the time to be like, this is what my character would do. And I just appreciate it because I feel like everybody throughout this movie kind of did that. 
Mm -hmm. um, but going on, let's get into casting, guys. So obviously, we have Lindsay Lohan, who plays Lola, who was the lead. Um, we have Allison Pill, which this is one of her first movies, too. I think before this, she did a Judy Garland biopic type thing. And so that's really what she was known for before this. Um, then we have uh, Allie Marenthal as Sam, who was the love interest friend thing. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, Carol Kane as Miss Bagoli, who was the wonderful, wonderful theater um, teacher. Uh, we have Adam Garcia as Stu Wolf, who is the lead singer of uh, the band. We have Glenn Headley as the, her mother. And then we have Megan Fox as Carla, the enemy. Um, and then we have Thomas McCammon as Calum, who was the father. Because there's a lot of other people, but these are like the main ones. What did you think about this casting? And after your thoughts, I have another question to peg for you. So what did you think about this casting? Did you think it was the right choices? And how do you think they did? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Ren. Hmm. Okay. For me, Lindsay Lohan's role was, I think, ideal. Her mm -hmm. friend, also like whoever their designer, costume designer, and casting did such an amazing job making her seem like very much the daughter of a politician. Mm -hmm. Like that's the vibe. Like she has obviously her own individuality where she does the like the little pins and everything, but very much catered like her whole aesthetic is catered very much like I can't mess up and mm -hmm. I have to reflect perfection not just because not only will it look bad on me but it'll look bad on my parents and like there's so much layers to that um Megan Fox's character was really fun I enjoyed her a lot um uh, mostly because she got to be the mean the mean girl for that um movie but i think there was also at the end where she kind of is more humanized and is like oh hey like i messed up and lizzie lohan's like extends a hands of friendship basically is i really enjoyed the way that megan really portrayed that scene because it she like you could see almost like the mask just falls off she's like she feels shameful for what she's done she feels embarrassed and like, I really love the way that she portrayed that moment, even though it was just like a brief one, but I really love that. Cause I think it leveled up, like that for me also leveled up the movie. It was just like, okay, it's not just mean girl versus mean girl or like enemies. It's like, I we can, we can be friends. There is a, a way that we can work through this together. Like we don't have to be enemies. Um, and I really enjoyed that, like that moment of forgiveness and redemption. Um, as for everyone else, they were they were okay. Oh, the teacher, the music teacher, loved her. Or the not music, the theater teacher. I loved her. She was just really fun and kind of like gave me a lot of anxious energy. But I think that's kind of what you want for a drama teacher. So I loved her energy a lot. Um, but everyone else is kind of like okay, they're like they're playing a role, and I didn't see it, but I didn't really see much beyond that. Oh, yeah. Now, everybody's playing their role. Um, before I get to you, Kyle, uh, I do want to say, like, Carol Kane, like, 
to cast her as Miss Bagoli, the like theater teacher, I thought was I brilliant her. because she has been in so many movies. Like she she's in Princess Bride, like everything. And she this is her shtick. She can do it. She could be that frantic, like uh, perfect casting. Um the one thing I do have to say, Lindsay Lohan has done this role before, and like it's old hat. Like she can do it. We know she could do it. Surprising thing to me, and as you were mentioning, um, the scene where Megan Fox falls into the fountain, and you see that change on her face and everything like that. Going on for Megan Fox's movies, I don't think people took her as seriously as she, they did for this movie because she's either right. the uh, or something like that. Like they just like typecast her into this thing to where this movie she wasn't sexualized at all, and they were just like let. Let's let you be funny. Let's let you be catty. Let's let you have this arc, which I enjoy. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like she can do this, which I completely forgot she could do, um, which is wonderful. Um, the love interest, Sam, after this movie, stopped acting. He's not. Oh, okay. Okay. Just like, oh, my God. <laughs> funny enough, though, I did find out that Eli Marenthal, who played the love interest, played the voice of the little boy in the Iron Giant. And I would have really? never connected those two dots. What? <laughs> yeah, yep, he was the voice. So he did those two things and he dipped out of Hollywood. So okay. all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, Lindsay Lohan, okay, she can do it. Yeah. Megan, my standout for this is Megan Fox because I think she did really do a very good job for this. Mm -hmm. um, but Kyle, what are your thoughts on these castings? So I have a weird standout with this, but it does have to start, everything in the movie stops and starts with Lindsay Lohan. She is bright, she's effervescent, she's obviously giving main character energy, she's just here, and but she has to carry that because if she didn't carry it as this glowing sun sort of individual, the rest of the film wouldn't seem, the, the change in drama wouldn't seem as like obvious. But okay. for me, the standouts, admittedly, were her parents. And I'll tell you why. Because her mom's whole hippie attitude was just absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> and, like, my mother doesn't believe in microwaves. Um, her mom's whole, like, flighty, flighty attitude. But then her dad, who looks like some kind of gangster, he looks, he looks like... like <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there and he's like out there looking really rough and tumble and tough. But you, it, it, the, the dichotomy comes with you have someone who is very learning how to be who they are, and then puts out this very shining self on the outside with being very insecure on the inside. But then you have all of the people that surround her who are, come off as extremely ordinary and extremely normal, but on the inside, like you know, the dad writes children's books about the dog. And um, he's this guy who looks like, like, like I've I've been in situations where I've met people who my immediate impression has been, this person couldn't possibly do this. And I remember vividly speaking person to, to my personal experience. I was in a situation with someone where I said, "Oh, you couldn't possibly do this," and that person said, "Actually, uh, Kyle, I'm your boss, and you've never met me, but I'm the big boss." And I was like, "Oh." Oh no, but that's what this that's what this <laughs> is true. It's true. I, I assumed that this individual had a job that 
I did not know what that job was. And I was like, oh, you obviously work as a custodian. And he said, no, actually, I'm the president. And I'm like, oh. Hi, I'm Kyle. Hi, Hi I'm so sorry. Um, so, so uh, we, so, but that's what this was. It's like you, you, I, I tend to probably because of such a steady diet of these kinds of movies tend to base a lot of things on stereotypes um and it's a hard habit to shake but Lindsay Lindsay's character arc learning how to do that was very impressive for her but what really was impressive is all the people around her who looked very ordinary to her and then came out as extraordinary mm -hmm. oh no and I definitely recognize that too it was I think that's also another point of why I gave this a, a 3.5. I mean, costumes is the 0.5 alone, but a 3.5 is because obviously Lindsay Lohan in 2004, you drop her name, you know she's a star. And everybody else around her, because we didn't know Alison Pill, we didn't know uh, Eli Marenthal. People knew Carol Kane, but like she hadn't been this like every movie actress in a long time. Uh, neither did her mother or anything and nobody knew who Megan Fox was so for all these people to pick up the bar and just like support the entire movie cast is brilliant to me I think they all did a fantastic job and that proves how hard they worked on this movie mm -hmm. um, but I did want to say this after casting so Lindsay Lohan was not initially cast as Lola in oh. Confessions of a True Made Drama King. The first person who actually ended up turning it down, who was cast and then turned it down, was Hilary Duff, who was also a household name. Yeah. So I, I feel like this movie with Hillary would have gone somewhat the same because they kind of had the same acting tones in, in okay. early 2000s. Yeah. But mm. the musical part of it, I think, would have been a little bit elevated because, I mean, I'm just, it's, I'm, I may be biased. I think Hillary Duff has a way better voice than Lindsay Lohan. So those scenes would have been slightly elevated. But there is an entire list of people who were actually up for this role besides Lindsay Lohan. And I'm going to read them to you now and then I want your thoughts because I had thoughts. Okay. The last one is actually the one that really gets me. Um, but okay, so we had Aisha Tyler was okay. up for the role of Lola, Judy Greer, Alexa Vega, Rachel McAdams, Anna Ferris, and then the last one, which caught me very off guard, Christina Aguilera. Really? <laughs> How... Huh. What are your thoughts on any of these people being cast for this role? Do you, I mean, they all would have had their own interpretation, but like yeah. reading now, 20 years later, I'm just like, huh, what are your thoughts on this like weird people who were up for the role, especially Christina Aguilar? She didn't do anything till burlesque acting wise. And they even mentioned her name in the movie. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, we'll start with you on this one, Ren. I'm still trying to process. Well, excuse me? I feel like Aisha Taylor would have been an interesting choice. 
Um, Christina Aguilera is that that really caught me off guard. But if it if the movie incorporated a lot more singing, then maybe, then maybe, because Christina Aguilera was in a couple of musicals, right? So musical or musical movies. She was in Burlesque. Right? Nobody nobody comments on the acting of Burlesque, but the singing. True. But the singing. And ship. <laughs> so maybe. But I don't, because this movie is not really like super musical, I don't think Christina would have been a good fit. And I don't know much about her acting skills. So then definitely not that. Um yeah, that that's an interesting list. I'm completely I I'm still processing. What was the question? <laughs> oh, I mean, you kind of touched base on it, but okay. uh, now I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. So considering that technically mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan was the second option, how do you think Hillary Duff would have done in this role? Honestly, I feel like Hillary Duff would have been a better fit just because, just because of all the dream sequences and like narrative eye talking it gives me very much Lizzie McGuire, like with her little cartoon coming out and talking and like coming up with these little scenarios. I can kind of see how they came up with Hillary Duff as an op like the first choice. Okay. Oh yeah. No, and trust me, I, I have tried to deep dive and find out because she had the role. I've yeah. tried to find out why she said no to it. Can't find anything anywhere. That's so interesting. But yeah, it would have been such, I think, I mean, not to say that I don't enjoy the movie, but I think it would have just elevated it for me because that's also her very much niche. With yeah. the Lizzie McGuire show, her singing, everything. Like, like this is rings Lizzie McGuire and then they just kind of like Moved threw Hillary Lindsay. or uh, Lindsay Lohan into it who could also do it. But I'm not going to say not as well because she can do it, but like, now knowing that Hillary was cast first, I'm just like, hmm, okay. Uh, but Kyle, what are your thoughts on this weird list of people who were up for the role and Hillary Duff? So I have two responses to this. One of them is an, ob is an agreement and an observation, and the other one is not necessarily the most complimentary to a person I feel like might have been involved in this. Um, but that's just me being me being me and me being me. Um, first of all, I think that I have to agree with Ren because I completely always forget that the Duff, Hillary Duff, um, you know, with the Lizzie McGuire little characters would have made a lot more sense with how they shot the film. So it does feel like that actually would have been a really interesting take. There's just, there's so much effervescence and feeling that comes out of Lindsay's performance, though. And I always have to wonder if she drew anything from her relationship with Dina Lohan, because the idea of having a daughter who is just trying to argue with her parent about how she wants to do things. And even if they're in agreement that she wants to be an actress, it's like adding that dynamic on sense since Dina Lohan was such a show parent um, in the worst, in the worst of the ways. Um, I saw Say what? Uh, Dina Lohan is in the film because yeah, she was that's that much of a film. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's just sitting there like shoving her other kids in the background <laughs> just being like, look, 
She literally did. There was a cousin, an aunt, and her in the film that they put in when they're walking um, to Sid Arthur's party in New York. Oh my people God. People in the background are Lindsay's family. But see, that's just it. If, you, if you're going to tell a story about a girl who's trying to stand out and escape from her family, what better way to make art from life than cast a Lohan in, in a film where you're going to you're going to deal with that whole family literally living the, you know, drama and forcing everyone to deal with. I don't like to stage parents uh, forcing everyone to deal with that because. So, well, I think Hillary Duff for the story would have been a better casting. Um, uh, I think that Lindsay, given the way that Lindsay's mother was and the way that a lot of that happened, I think that that added layers to it beyond the story which made it make more sense. And I would have really liked to have seen Aisha Tyler in this. That would have been- That would have been so cool. Like that would have been really, like a big studio backing on something like that. That would have been really interesting. What See, it, like, I thought that too, but then thinking back on it, Aisha Tyler was too old at this moment. Because Lindsay, when Lindsay did this movie, or uh, yeah, when Lindsay did this movie, she was 17. Aisha Tyler would have been 24, 25, because she had already done Friends. Oh. So it, I, I feel like it would have been weird trying to bring somebody down, because she could have looked the age, but I still would have felt it would have been a weird dichotomy. Okay. Okay. Just having, yeah, but it would have been interesting still. Oh, but yeah. yeah. That's, that's oh. my that's my two cents is that Hillary Duff would have made more sense for the story. Lindsay carried the story and also carried it outside of the film because oh, yeah. there's no one oh, who's yeah. more teenage life imitating art or art imitating life. However mm -hmm. you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get to our next question, I want to jump into the chat because it is actually very active tonight, guys. Oh, okay. I know. Um, so we're going to start with our dear friend, Q. Hi, Q. Welcome back. Hi, Q. Hi, Q. Q, said, Q says, hey, all. Sorry I'm late, and I would rate this a four out of five. I like this film, but I don't love it. My reason is the vibe of it was geared towards young girls of the time. I think Lindsay was a good actress, but think the acting could be better. Ergo, Hillary Duff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um also, let's see, uh, Q also says, I think her character was down to a T of how young girls acted and thought at the time. Getting back to my point, Lindsay is a good actress, but I think Freaky Friday is a little better. Also, I think she would have been good at dramas and horror movies, but Lindsay was put in a box in these teen pop vibe movies. Very much in the early 2000s, she was boxed into that Freaky Friday, Mean Girls, everything like that, so that he is very right. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to keep reading um, what we have in the comments, but Q did redeem your so punny, and he redeemed it for Ren. So, Ren, you have to come up with a pun. Um, I will give you some time to think about it. What kind of pun? With who? Any kind of pun. Trust me. For these reasons, because I'm so afraid of it, because I'm not punny, I have like a list pulled up on my Google. But 
think of a pun, research, ask your friends and family, you know, I I'm the one that started you're so punny. No one ever hits me with the punny. I'm I, people fear my genius, I guess. Last, last podcast, I got Jen with a punny, and that was her first one ever. I've gotten hit with it too, and it's actually very nerdy. I'm I'm not punny, I'm funny, but I'm not punny. It, it freaks me out. But we will continue with the chat as Ren, you look for a pun. Go ahead and research on the computer. Google is your friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Timspiration, hello, Timspiration, uh, says, I don't know if I'd say she was a how young girls act. It's definitely exaggerated. And I think this more, this more what adult writers exaggerate their childhoods into. It's very curated. It is a very curated look on early 2000s life from other people's point of view. I, I'll, I'll leave it at other people's point of view. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, also, uh, Q did agree with you, Kyle. Stage parents are just pure shit. I'm glad my parents were never like that, which we can all agree. Yeah. Stage, stage parents are crap. Uh, there's a point to where they can assist you or be a detriment to you. Look how many of them have gotten sued. Hmm. So, uh, but Ren, did you happen to find a pun for our lovely, lovely Q? I did. Thank you, Google. <laughs> this one. <laughs> and for me in particular, I like the really cringy ones because they're my favorite. So this one is, ahem, why did Adele cross the road to say hello from the other side? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ren, you're now one of my favorite people because that's the one I've had in my back pocket for whenever it gets called yes. on me. So I have to find a new one. <laughs> so, Eric, Ren, what you're saying is that pun has been a fire rolling in your heart. Yes. <laughs> See, Q, Q, you get two for one. Two for one. <laughs> I oh no! And we we in the chat, both Nom Talk Network and Q are rolling, laughing with uh, laughing faces. Yes, so you guys did a good job. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> so, because uh, we're we're getting short on time here, so my last question for you guys, uh, one of my last questions: Do you think this film that was made twenty years ago holds up? well and to different standards that we have now how do you think this film holds up um we'll start with you on on this one kyle no <laughs> that's it game over do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. um okay we, if we want to if we want to be blunt here then we shall be blunt um i could pick up a number of different things namely um the cultural appropriation of the bindis that she was wearing. Oh my god! And I am ashamed to admit, and I will <laughs> take my L with grace that I own some of those hot topic players bindis because I am truly sorry about that. Uh, these movies lied to me and told me they were cool. Um, the chopsticks in the hair, but the thing that gets me is her relationship with Siddhartha and how that grown man had her in his bedroom. <laughs> with the other girl and then came to the party and was just like 
oh, we can we can be friends, sure. Want to slow dance? Want to slow dance? I, I have your necklace. Let me put your necklace on all smexy like. And I'm like, this is, this, sir, this is grooming. And I just, and it, it, it was actually really kind of stunning to me how um, a lot of, how, how a lot of the standards have changed since then, because I, and I owned and mentioned, you know, when you're sold these kind of things and they look a certain way, you really do get told that this is appropriate and this is okay. And it, a lot of that, that came from these movies. And now you have people who complain about, oh, well, people are too over, too sensitive. And it's like, no, people aren't too sensitive. They're just, they were just ignorant. I was ignorant. I was an ignorant person watching these things and thinking that the way that they behaved was cool. And but again, this the stuff with Siddhartha and the way that she behaved with the band just I was just like, how did we get away with this? Oh, oh, two girls in a grown man's room. No, wow. especially if he's got. Mm, 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 mm. So the answer I stand by is no, and I've been sitting on that all episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a couple of things. Um, first off, I did forget to mention, Tim Inspiration also said, very well done, Ren, on your phone. Bravo, oh, thank bravo. you. Yay! Um, <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> the one thing about that bedroom scene is I always wanted one of those, some of those pairs of the, like, thigh-high Chuck Taylors. Always wanted one of those. Yeah, I thought those were cool. Just... But... We do have a consensus with you, Kyle, and I even agree with this, is that was very problematic with the bedroom, the dancing, like, it was weird. Um, I do have to say this, though. The bedroom scene and the end of the movie where Siddhartha comes and places the necklace and they dance, that is not actually in the book. That is a pure Disney choice that they added into the movie. Yeah, so that makes it a little bit more problematic for me because I'm like, what? You make your money off of <laughs> and you're doing this. Okay. Okay. Shame. 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 I wish I had a bell right now. <laughs> um, what? But Ren, uh, what are your thoughts on does this movie hold up? I, I would have to agree with Kyle. Like, obviously, the things that Kyle said about the whole... I forgot his name. Sid Arthur Guy? Wolf? Yes. Wolf. Um, Stu. 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 I was just like, where are your parents? Like, uh, do the parents know? And then at the end... Where, like, they're here. It was weird. Was Sorry. Then, like, at the end where he's like, yeah, your dad told me that you're over here. I'm like, and you, and you just show up? It, and that's okay? The And the dad's okay with that? What about the mom? I had so many questions. And then people just like, at this party, I'm like, where's adult supervision? They're just going to let a stranger enter this home? But who does his It's fine. <laughs> I had so many questions. I was like, my parents would never. Miss um, Bagali was there. It's fine. And then I think it was just also like, I mean, obviously, I think it was more on the line with the friend because some of the things was dangerous. Like, I would have to agree, like, yeah, these things are dangerous. And what Lindsay did to put them in danger, despite them eventually, if somehow it all miraculously works out. But like, 
that's not guaranteed. I can't, I can't say that's a good idea. And if children nowadays are watching that, I'd be like, no, don't, don't travel at night in New York by yourself. This I mean, I'm smart. Move. Okay. okay. So with, in that aspect of it, I do have to say, I do know a lot of people in New York or from New York. And live, yeah. I lived in New York and everything. That's just kind of what they did as kids. That's scary. What? They just like carried a knife or something. But it, it was very, it's changed now. But back then, that was very much the thing. So, no, yeah. Was really well, see, it, 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 with, with that to like also, it's not that I don't have any issue. I, I, there, it really does speak to the the difference between generational gaps because that was and like i said earlier with like a standard you were supposed to aspire to and things that you were supposed to think were cool even though you were ignorant was like you know yeah you could totally the goal was to have all your parents out of the house and then you have a massive house party and you bring adults over apparently and that's never been a problem and you know it was supposed to be this sense of freedom and funniness and then you look back at it and you're like a lot of really terrible things well, could have happened. I don't know, and I completely agree with you, but it's like you look back to that early 2000s era, we have this, we have like American Pie, we have oh, yeah. all of these movies that did do that because they were just like, this is the norm. This is what you're supposed to grow up with. This is how you grow up. I'm just like, no. Um, I do have to jump in the chat for a little bit because Kyle, you're your response did innate a reaction in the comments. Uh, uh -oh. Tim's inspiration, or um, okay, so uh, Tim's inspiration first said agreed. Oh my God, <laughs> so problematic. Then Nom Talk Network says on the noise, on the nose, Kyle, bravo. Um, Tim's inspiration then goes into um, it's shocking how much just slid by without any scrutiny. That's not true, but the scrutiny was only about entertainment and sellability rather than consideration for safety, grooming, or ethics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Foolish, but also guarded. At least real people know how to expect. This created unrealistic expe expectations for people who don't have don't have context or knowledge, and young kids especially, which I completely agree with. This film did give expectations to a certain amount of life or thing that you should not do or was not safe and problematic for the future. Just problematic. Um, and I, I, I don't think this movie aged well mm -hmm. um, with what she got away with and everything. Like the New York thing didn't bother me, but like the Sid Arthur thing, the party thing and everything like that was just very mm, cringy to me. Uh, my other thing is one, how does a mother who is a potter, who I think she only makes a couple of art, uh, pots every once in a while, afford to move from New York in a movie van and buy a house and afford all these clothes and everything like that, and then scoff at the fact that she spent $600 fixing her car and buying a kiln? Like, I'm just like, okay, unrealistic, because my parents could never do that. But... um Unfortunately, guys, we are getting too out of time. Unless you two either had a response to Timspiration's scrutiny and everything like that. Did you either want well, to do? I, Go ahead. I, think, I think that, Ren, Ren, do you have anything you want to? 
The only thing I could approve of, or I think was somewhat of note as someone who's non-binary, was that you can change your name and people should respect it no matter at what time or age you're at. And it took time for her mom to finally figure it out and call her Lola at the end. But I was like, she should have been calling her Lola from the beginning. Yes. Mm -hmm. As as another non-binary person, I completely and utterly agree. That's and also... My I, I also, in that spirit, I do I do want to point out something else that's extremely problematic that I did borrow from one of the essayists I watched on this film. I can think of a grand total of two people of color in this film who were in the background, and the rest of them were whiter than white. It was a literal ghost convention out there for for people. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my goodness! And then I and then I was watching this essay. This is like, look, there they are, the two of them, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> way back there. All the way sus. in the back, huh? Mm, sus. Oh, I didn't want to say it earlier because I about, but I was like, this is an interpretive, for me, Latino man who grew up in this time and everything, this was an interpretation of what can, Caucasian people could get away with at the time. No, it's true. It's true. And I, I will own that. And I will own that as somebody watching this film from that perspective because when you grow up and you're fed a steady diet of buy the things that you need to buy sell the things you need to sell you'll have all of these things given to you 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 do approach everything in life after seeing movies like this from a place of ignorance and from a place of like you know well i am entitled because i'm the teenage drama queen and it takes you you it, it's a lifetime of trying to unlearn it i mean they're fun but again, it's like fast food. You don't want to eat fast food all the time. You get sick of fast food all the time. And some fast food just should not exist and hopefully does not exist going forward. It's just like this one, the these the, the low-hand movies, especially when you learn about what's going on behind the scenes with Dina, I do have issues with 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 the family <laughs> and with how um with how Disney handled things. Um and then especially with everything else coming out now about the 90s to early 2000s actors and actresses and how they were treated, you yeah. really do realize that it, it's how it's a culture that taught people that they could get away with anything. And it went from the top down. So I completely I see that. I see that now. And I'm going to be looking at that through that expression, Eric. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No. And it was definitely it did watching it as much as I did now. Everything that I definitely realized, like we have laws against this now of how parents did, how production companies acted, how they can really kind of do things. I mean, we still get portrayals of stuff like that, but there's like disclaimers and everything like that. Um, but yeah, no, de definitely, it was early two thousands, nineties was a, a, a different time that was just like our minds were jello and they just kind of molded. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ren, do you have any final thoughts about this? It was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. <laughs> you put that on the t-shirt. It was it was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I finally say I saw it because I so for so many years people would be like, oh my god, Lindsay Lohan. And like, have you seen this movies? And I'm like, no, no. Or I maybe kind of remember it. Um, but yeah, this one was definitely one on the list I've never seen. So I can finally say I've seen it. I mean, but then we see we see Lindsay Lohan in like her day with like Parent Trap and this and everything like that. And then we see what kind of happened to her career. Mm -hmm. And then like she's kind of building back up now and stuff like that. It was just like 
There's a whirlwind of Disney and mess and blah. She was but protected. She was not safe. It's worth to see it once. Yeah. If only to judge it, it's worth to see it once. At least for the outfits. Honestly, that was that was good. The outfits were that's good. It. Like I said, that's why I gave it the extra point five. Her costumes in this movie were. We didn't even talk about the music. Simple plan. I know. Oh, and, the, and the music. You can okay. Cut, touch base on the music. This is, that's all I've got. Simple plan. I'm not music. a person. It was great. Um, Lindsay Lohan sings a very. Lindsay Lohan's a great artist. She she did have a good voice. She sings very well. She's a very talented individual. The tragedy of things like this. You know, I try. I'm being nice. The the <laughs> tragedy of I see Eric looking at me like mm. the tragedy. Talented actress. Talented actress. She's a but, subpar vocalist. One top team. Here you know. That's nice. Let me. I'm, I'm trying to be nice. No. Um. She's she's a talented actress. She, and I I think that um. I don't know. The the important thing to remember is that it had a good soundtrack and it had simple plan and I like simple plan. That that that's it. That's all I got on that one. I do love I do love that simple plan with the I do give Lindsay Lohan that girl is a teenage drum queen that big production number at the end. That was fantastic. Like her singing and her dancing and the whole production of it. I did love that. I did truly love that. Um but we are out of time, guys. So I do want to get your guys' final thoughts on this movie. Do you recommend it um, to people out there? And also, where can people find you? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Kyle. So you can find me on Blue Sky at Kyle Podig. That's K-Y-L-E-P-O-D-D-I-G. Um, at Blue Sky, you can find me at... Um, Gosh, where am I these days? You can find me at um, Carolyn in Fandom, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-I-N-F-A-N-D-O-M. And that's my Instagram account. And you can find me at Caroline Cosplay, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-G underscore cosplay on TikTok. And I'm trying to get back into more commentary things because lately uh, I've been so inspired to do a lot of it. And... Um, I am looking for freelance work, everyone. So if you're interested, I have quite a bit of resume that I can show, especially because it's under most of the stuff I've written is under my dead name. And I would much rather have work known by Kyle. So. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and discussing this movie. Um, Ren, where can everybody find you out there? Uh, Corpus Ren on all platforms. C-O-R-P-U-S-R-E-N. That's me. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. And I am your host, Eric Ramirez. You can find me on all platforms at Heartless7. That's H-A-R-T-L, the number three, S-S-7. Mm. Um, but again, that's all we have time for. So thank you all for tuning in. And be sure to jo join our Discord to keep this conversation going, as well as, as subscribing to all of our platforms at at Nom Talk Network. Um, tune into our next show, which is Wednesday, which I'll also be there Ooh. to discuss Madam Webb. Um, <laughs> but <join us> there. <laughs> but thank you all for being here and everybody have a nomorific day. Yeah.
It's webbing time. 